0: talking about that supposed friend. But behind every shiny temptation is a sharp reality that affects us and our relationships and can leave us feeling hooked. Well, I hope you guys are doing well. So don't you love, have you ever heard a, uh, there's two kinds of people in the world sort of comment before? There's a lot of those. And they sort of work because, uh, Everyone fits into two categories at some point. So in this room, there are basically two kinds of people. And if I knew you guys at all, I remember high school. I like to eat. And so um, when I was like just not doing anything, which some of you are so busy, you're always doing something. But if I was just chilling, um, what do you like to snack on? There's two kinds of people in the world, either the salty food types or the sweet food types. You like chocolate, brownies, cookies, cake. But some of you are salty people type, right? I'm hearing more for the salty down here. Okay, okay, real quick. Raise your hand if you're salty. It's my weakness. Okay, raise your hand if you're sweet. Raise your hand. Third category I just love food, period. So give me both, baby, because it's all good. Yeah, okay. That one sort of wins, I guess, huh? <laughs> But yeah, each of us sort of have this weakness. They sort of commented on that in the video. Sometimes it's guilty pleasures like food. Um, if somebody put something in front of you, you would have a hard time not just indulging that. My wife and I, listen up, my wife and I are polar opposites, like cake and chocolate and brownies and um, sweets. I'm a, sweet, uh, I'm a salty guy. Like popcorn is sort of my weakness. Maybe peanuts, maybe chips. Every Saturday night at the Zook house, we have popcorn for supper, and we typically watch a movie with the kids, and it's awesome. Last Wednesday night, get this, the lovely, I love this girls group, Pam and Rhonda's group that meets in my office, and um, Beth and all these girls over here, I don't know, they're not all here tonight. Um, Maybe they are all here tonight, but they always leave me something. They usually leave me a cookie, no pressure, you don't have to keep doing it, but so last week was this big bag of Starburst and Skittles. And it was great. And girls, I went home eating Starburst. I want you to know. But somebody, I think it was Rhonda Sisson, left a bag of popcorn outside of my office door. I think maybe on accident. It was still in the high V bag. And that's what I was really excited about. <laughs> and um, so girls, there is still a bag of Starburst in my desk drawer in my office. But that bag of popcorn was gone in a day, let me tell you. And I ate most of it that night after Oasis last week. Um, There's just foods that you just love, right? So you put it in front of you you would you would be all over it, um, so just what is it about certain things in our lives that are we have a difficult time saying heart, or saying we have a difficult time saying no to, and it's a lot more than junk food, obviously, right? there are these hard to say no to temptations, like just temptation is everywhere in the world, and so that's what we're doing in this two week series um, I'm sort of introing it this week, and um again, neither of these we won't go crazy deep. We're going to be in the book of James for both of them. But Tyler's going to teach next week for the first time here in Oasis. So I'm excited about that. Um, will you, I don't know, Tyler, are you back there? Will you bring up the house lights a little bit? I want to see these guys a little bit better. But so here's my question for you as we start off this series. What is your biggest temptation? Um, don't say it out loud, but what is your biggest temptation? That's good. Yeah, bring up the those, turn those off. That's too bright. They're like the sliders on the side, whatever. What's your biggest temptation? I feel like I'm. There we go. Now I can see you. Hmm. Here's a few. Uh, money maybe not in high school, you don't have much of that. Shopping, could be. Ladies more than guys. Um, This is the like, I guess guys or girls, more guys. Something sexual, biggest temptation a lot of times. Fellas, more so. Something sexual, pornography, something in that category. Gossip, a little more so for you girls. Guys don't talk, we just don't talk quite as much. Girls, maybe you love to gossip. You love the, like, news about that person that you sort of know, but not really, but you want the gossip. Um, Cheating, that was on the video, right? Or, you know, it's, you know, plagiarism. Um, Somebody was telling me there was, like, a plagiarism quit. Like, now there's, like, they submit your homework into the system, and so they can catch you if you plagiarize. Um, Lying. How many of you, if you're honest, go, I have a problem with lying, It may be little white lies, but still, that's it for you, or complaining, or a million others, right? For some of you, it's the moment your mom and dad leave the house, and you're all alone. There's just stuff that's off limits that you, that's your biggest temptation. Um, And you may not always give in to it, but a lot of times, maybe you do. Um, But here's the thing. Some of us sort of go, "Ah, you know, we don't like topics like this. We basically go, if this happens to everyone, why worry about it? Like, why is this such a big deal? If everybody deals with it, can we not just say, like, well, everyone's tempted. But it is a big deal, as we'll sort of see. So um, think about this question. Have you ever been glad that you gave in to temptation? Has it ever made your life better? Has it ever improved your health? If you found that, I mean, after you've cheated on a test or gossiped about a friend or um, found something online that you know you shouldn't have, has life gotten better Maybe it, whatever that thing was, you lied and it got you out of trouble for a day or two days, or maybe it was never found out. But in general, does giving into temptation, does it give you more peace with your parents? Does it help your friendships? Do you have less guilt? Do you feel better about yourself? And most of us know that that, um, yeah, it's not the case. But so why is it that when we're tempted, we feel so powerless to say No. Like, what is it in this world, or whatever, or in us? And so very few of us, I think, have been given tools to adequately deal with our temptations. So um, you won't be surprised, obviously, we're in church, that the Bible actually has a lot to say about this topic. And you'd expect that. But one of those authors was James. So James wrote the book of James, thank you. And um, But here's the crazy thing, if you're, like, newer to church, James was the half-brother of Jesus. And did not even believe that Jesus was the the Messiah, the person who the, this you know talked about, Messiah that the Jews were longing for, waiting for. They didn't. He didn't believe that Jesus was the guy until Jesus died and rose again and ascended into heaven, and then he became um, a, a huge leader at the church in Jerusalem. And his uh, his letter in the New Testament is extremely practical, and um, for some of you, it's maybe your favorite book in the Bible. But so, if you have a Bible or the Bible app, turn to chapter one of James. It's toward the end of your Bible. Um, I know you go, Brad, you always put this on the screens. I do put this on the screens. I would love, love, love for you to have your own Bible, for you to bring your own Bible, for you to know where James is at in your own Bible. And the app is great, and I'm all for the app. And if all you have is a smartphone right now, pull out the app. But the great thing about the app, you guys, is you could have it anywhere. You have it at school, you have the Bible anywhere. But still, there's something about know, having one Bible, knowing where things are at in your Bible. So bring your Bible to Oasis if you have one. James 1, starting at verse 13. James starts by saying this. This is just a little passage. You there yet? James chapter 1? Right in the middle of chapter 1. When tempted. Let's stop. Two words. I love this. Maybe you've heard this before, but we learned something right away that James tells us. This is not an if tempted. It is a when tempted. He's writing to Christians But it's suddenly not like, oh, I became a Christian and so now my life is perfect and everything is great and I just, you know, believed in Jesus and everything was awesome. James says, no, 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 you will be tempted. And when you are tempted, so this is going to happen to all of us. Doesn't matter your age, your race, your gender, your IQ, your GPA, doesn't matter if you came, your church attendance is impeccable. You will be tempted. You have been tempted and no no one is excused. And in this life, get this, it will not ever completely go away. You will never reach this state of sinless perfection. For some of us, again, if we're honest, that bothers us, because we feel like Christianity should be different than that. But that's the truth. There's no graduation ceremony for, you know, suddenly not being tempted anymore. And so James goes on. When tempted, he writes this, no one should say, God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil. That doesn't surprise us. But we think this, nor does he tempt anyone. So, again, maybe we go, okay, I knew that. God's not doing the tempting. God can't be tempted. But, verse 14, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. So where does temptation come from? It comes from within us, Right? That the crazy thing about temptation is it plays on something that is already inside of you. That it doesn't happen unless something inside of you already has a desire for that thing that you're tempted with. You wouldn't eat it, you wouldn't watch it, you wouldn't say it or do it unless something inside of you wanted to do that or say that or watch that or eat that or whatever it is for you. Our frustration at continuing to give in to temptation is staring at us in the mirror. It's within us. There's something in us that wants it. And man, I remember high school, you guys, us leaders, I know we look old. I know we maybe sound old. We remind you of your parents. Some of us are your parents. Um, But it wasn't that long ago. And man, there's sometimes you go, I know this is wrong, but I just want it. That's the problem. We still want it. We want this sin too bad. Some translations... um, Translate this, lust. They're dragged away by their own lusts. But it's just desire. You know what? It's really a good thing, you guys, that God gave us desire. I don't know how animals, like animals don't have a soul. I don't think animals desire. I don't think that, they don't have a will. They can't choose like we humans can. We were made in God's image. The animals are different. God gave us a choice. He gave us a will he gave us desires, but those desires can be used for good pleasures and good things and for love, but it can also be used to go against God and to choose, um, to choose stuff that's just not good for us. So it's inside of us. With temptation, no one is a victim. We're all volunteers. We are not victims. Although we feel like we were last Friday, I was going to eat lunch with uh, my friend Cody Jones. Cody Jones works here at the church He plays bass guitar a lot here downstairs. He's Katie Jones' brother. There's Katie. And, um, oh, and Kale. Sorry, Kale. (laughs) Love you, Kale. Well, I hope he does. Kale's a good guy. But I was eating lunch with Cody. We were going to get some Indian food, curry and such. I'd never had Indian food before. Apparently, the Joneses frequent the uh, Curry Express, I believe. And so that's where we went. We were on our way there. And um, here's what happened. Here's why my temptations came out. We kept hitting red lights, right? Which is fine. But we, we kept making multiple left turns or needing to take multiple left turns at red lights. And uh, you guys know those of you can drive. Like that left turn uh, arrow does not stay green for all that long. The problem was this, um, this gentleman in front of me, high school, college student, young guy, maybe my age, was, um, was taking his dear sweet time driving through the intersection. And... Um, The problem was not that he was, you know, if it was like a grandma, I think I would have been more patient. He was on his phone. So Cody and I, I have like an old beater SUV, but I was high enough that I could see straight into his car and see him like texting or whatever. Now, you ever texted and uh, drove, driven, whatever? Like, okay, I've done it, all right? I try not to. So I'm guilty as well. Um, But my temptation was to say certain choice words to this guy, even though he couldn't hear me, I'm sure you've never done that if you drive or your parents never have. Now, I think I just called him a fool. That's like, I really—I mean, you could ask Cody. But I wanted to say something much worse. Um, now, I could give you a whole list of stories of temptations that Bradzook faces. You all have your own. But I felt like a victim. Like, come on, man, I'm just trying to get to lunch, and we're running out of time, and Cody has to be somewhere at one and you are taking forever. And it was like we were following him or something. And so it just kept happening. James um, James says it's within you. It's within you. It's by your own evil desire. And you're dragged away. So he doesn't, he doesn't end there. He does say we are dragged away. And where is it in my Bible? And enticed. Enticed. Which is this great Greek word, deliezo, or liazo, uh, which literally means being baited or lured. I think some translations sort of more go that route. Dragged away, and I don't think they say baited, but um, like a fishing lure, right? Ever been fishing? Any of you love fishing? Talked to Tyler today. Tyler Schultz, I was like, almost asked Tyler to bring me a lure, because he has some, because he's sort of a big fishing guy. Um, The job of the fisherman is to make whatever bait he's using to catch fish, like, as tempting as possible. And, um, you have to make that bait look so appealing and so tasty and so delicious. That fish just can't resist, right? We got some pictures of some lures, but um, it's supposed to just look good. You know, some of these are supposed to look like other creatures. Um, we want them to take a bite of it. James is saying when we're enticed, we've got to remember that there's, there's a hook in every temptation. And there's the fish, go for it, right? And if you get them, they're hooked. You guys, some of us... Whatever it is, Little White Lies, that's where it started. But if we're honest, we are hooked. Saw a little something on the internet, and we could talk, and pornography is rampant. And I need to talk about it more and be more open about it because it is everywhere. If you have a smartphone, you have it in your pocket. And if you've never seen it, I beg you not to get curious. That's why I sometimes hate talking about it. But the statistics say most of us have. Girls, you're in the category as well, and it doesn't take long, and you're hooked. It's like a drug. It actually does something in your brain much like a drug does. And we tend to think, I can avoid the consequences. But that's a lie. You're being baited. And you took a bite, maybe, and you swallowed the hook. Um, We tend to think, this will just work out and I won't get into trouble. But that's a lie. And so we believe lies over and over again. And when we listen to the lies and when we get enticed, we fall for the bait and we find ourselves hooked by the consequences of temptation. Now again, temptation is different than going for it. Christ, it says in Hebrew, was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. And so he's felt what we felt, but there is a difference to feel the urge, to feel the desire, but to not go all the way there. Tyler will go a little more into that next week, um, verse 15, and to what the desire leads to. But so what do we do? How can we resist giving in to Temptation. The good news is that James doesn't completely leave us hanging. And so this isn't all um, on the screen, but look at verse 16. I don't want to skip over just verse 16, which is so simple and so short even, and we always skip right over it. But James just says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. And usually we keep going. I'm going to read it just for the sake of giving you the whole context. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who doesn't change like shifting shadows he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all, he's cre- of all that he's created. James is trying to say don't be deceived. He's saying God loves to give good gifts. And you know what he's given the Christian? He's given this thing called the new birth, a whole new identity, a whole new way to live. He's given you a clean slate, a new start, a second chance through the gospel. But his first words are just very, very like, simple for us. Don't be deceived. And I don't know how many times I've read this paragraph and I've skipped right over verse 16 and gone on to the rest of it. But deceived. We're, we're deceived. We fall into deceit. We're being tricked. And James is pleading with us, don't give in to the lies. Don't be led astray. Don't go down that path. And so the first tool we need to have to fight temptation is this, you guys. You've got to recognize the lie. You've got to recognize the lie behind it. Maybe, it, I don't know, maybe it is food, honestly you got to see even that, like, this will make me feel better. Well, it might, temporarily. That if I just tell this little white lie to my parents and I'm not honest with them, um, everything will be okay. Because the worst case scenario, right, is that I could get in trouble. No. What will that lead to down the road? Who else will you lie to? Will you, I don't know, develop a whole, like, alter ego? Just because you've lied so many times and gone on that path so much. For whatever it is, you have to recognize the lie, and we need to call the lies that we're being told lies. And we need to see what they can do to us and that they're not harmless. James says, don't be deceived. And so we need to look for the hook. What is the hook? What's the hook? You need to see it for what it is. So what lies are you believing? What's the talk that goes into your heart and your mind when you're tempted uh, to do whatever it is for you? Maybe you hear it's not a big deal. Maybe you hear, um, I'm missing out if I don't. I'm tempted to go to this party. Um, There's always a party every weekend. I could talk my parents into letting me go. And if I don't, I will be missing out because everybody will be there. Or this, we just say this, God will forgive me later. Right? That's like the Christian thing, right? We just go, we can fill up our sin bucket. And then the the Christian way is then we just go, God, will you forgive me? And then it's awesome. He just empties the sin bucket. I have mentioned that before. And we could go fill it up again. But that's not true Christianity, and we sort of know that. That's not how it works. A lot of your maybe, you know, know, maybe I say so-called Christian friends do operate that way. Or this, what I'm doing isn't as bad as what other people are doing. I'm not that far down the road. I haven't lied that many times. Um, You go, I deserve this. This is is common, I think, more maybe among adults. I've had a rough day. Maybe you do this. So I just deserve this. My family... um, my family's not going well. My parents are too harsh with me. Um, I don't like my parents. Whatever not-so-great word you want to put in there to describe your parents, you go, I'm just going to do this to sort of spite them. I deserve this. They deserve this. But they're all lies. And we've got to look for the hook. And we've got to see that they're not harmless. Um, I don't want this just to be like, again, you would expect to hear nothing else in church. But I, I really hope you see where this would lead you going down the path. Now, I get it. As we talk about avoiding future temptation um, tonight and next week, most of you, and I know I've been here, we can't help but think of all the times that we've screwed up and all the times that we've given in. And so I want you to know, um, those of you that are in the middle of temptation, even tonight, you're caught in whatever, and you maybe feel um, your conscience is sort of pricked or whatever as they say, you feel guilty, um, like, God loves you just as you are. He, doesn't, he knows what you've done. He loves you anyway. The whole primary message of Christianity is grace. And uh, you maybe go, yeah, but I just haven't changed better. You don't know how bad it's gotten, or you don't know what I did this last summer, and you think that God must be pretty frustrated with you. So hear me say this. You may feel bad about you, but God does not feel bad about you. God is not mad at you. God is not angry with you. I think God is not far from you. I'm telling you, if you feel like God is far away, probably you moved. Probably. And maybe sin has gotten in the way, so you need to confess it or repent of it, or you need to skip small group tonight and find some place to just get alone with God to deal with it. But um, some of you really need to hear that. God is not against you. And he's not mad and he's not angry at you. To him, you are a lot more than just a pile of bad decisions. Um, but Christ did come, as Paul gets to, or as James gets to. He gives us a gift of, again, the new birth, this new identity. So here's, um, here's how I might say this. that this, this, Here's sort of the application verse, right? Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Now, that's really true. Like, I hope we're not. But if you just take that verse at face value, it's sort of a, it's sort of a good religious verse, is it not? Sort of just a good, like, that's a good church verse you don't be deceived you stop you just stop it it's a pretty good like religious verse here's the gospel side of it you guys here's like the true christianity side of it is we're going to be deceived is you have been deceived is maybe not today maybe not tomorrow maybe, but sometime this week this month whatever your temptation is you'll give in and I'll give in to mine probably and we should keep fighting it but at times we will be deceived but the whole gospel, you guys, is that there was one who never was. There was one who was never deceived. And he was tempted in every way, just as we are. And he's felt it. And he's been through he's been through hell, like literally. And yet he did not sin. And he did that for you. He took it on himself. And he went to the cross, and he took the punishment that our sins deserve. And he was the one, the one guy who didn't, um, who didn't have to, who had a perfect record. And he took our penalty on himself, and he took, he took hell for us. And when you see that, and when you love that, and when you want more of that, and when you go, how could you do that for me? And when you see Jesus for who he is and for what he's done for you, and I hope you want him not because of what he's done just for you, but just because he's beautiful in and of himself, but he's done that for you. And so when you see him doing that, that's when you can actually read this verse and start to apply it and say, you know what, sin just doesn't look that good anymore. Sin, it's not just that like I'm not supposed to. It just doesn't look good because I want something better, because I have something better, because if death doesn't hold me down or if death has no grasp on me, like what, who cares what anybody does to me? Who cares if I miss out on the party? Who cares if I miss out on five seconds of pleasure? You're golden. Like, you're saved. You're good to go. You have a best friend who's always there with you. And so you've got to remember that. God is not mad at you. He knows where your temptations lead. He desperately wants to give you aid in your time of struggle. But you've got to remember the gospel. So here's maybe two, t- two tools. <laughs> Here are the two tools you need to deal with temptation. More than anything else, I really feel like it's this, and these go together. Number one, community, and number two, confession. Now, we've talked about these plenty, and you go, yeah, yeah, I'm in community. I'm in a small group. It's fine. The problem is you need true community and true confession. Um, you really want get, to get out of this, like, you want to stop even being tempted with it. I mean, both of these two together, we like to use the word accountability. You need somebody to ask you about that thing. So at some point, somehow, you need to tell somebody, I struggle with this, and I want you to help me through it. I think it's awesome that you have Jesus. That's 100% crucial. But you actually really need, like Jesus sort of says, here's my help for you, though, other Christians. And so the problem in community a lot of times is you don't feel safe. Even in Oasis, heaven forbid. Now, I hope that we, we, I want us to create, try to create an environment in every one of our small groups where you can be real and you can be authentic. But some of you, you have friends in your small group or, or that go to your school or whatever, and you just can't say that. You just can't say what you're really struggling with. So maybe it's with your leader on your own afterwards, one-on-one. But I hope, maybe it's not now. Maybe you take this with you into college, but at some point, if you really get serious about your sin, like the moment you decide, and this talk won't do it, I'm sure, because I'm not that good, but you will, when you start to not want your sin so much, whatever that is, you, you go, I'm, I really need to stop lying. You need help, and you really need to go after these things. Find a safe place where you can do both of them. So when, as you head out today, I want you to think about one lie that you're tempted with often, and to think about what the, what the hook is. What's the trigger for it? What causes you to start going down that path? Is it when you're home alone? Is it when certain, again, I don't know, when certain food's in the house? Is that something that, again, computer stuff? You just need your parents to put a blocker on that? How do you deal with, how do you stop lying? I guess you start to see the beauty of the truth and where it can take you, or you start to see the ugliness of what a whole life of lying can lead to. But again, don't miss the fact that until you see what Jesus has done for you, it's just, it's just a list of rules, and it's going to weigh you down. But think about one lie you've been tempted to believe and try to identify the hook. Because despite what the lies tell you, the sins that are most tempting to you they are never, they're never harmless. And there's never no consequences, okay? Here's what happens. You start to get away with stuff. You don't get caught. You don't get caught. You don't get caught. And you think that there's no consequences. But you will carry that stuff with you your whole life. You get married, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, and you're still, you just find that you're, you, you look back, and your leader could probably tell you this or have heard a story of somebody else. You look back and you go, that started when I was in middle school. So don't let it keep going. And you can start by looking for the hook. So let's pray. God, um, in every temptation, God, we're enticed, it comes from within us. We see that straight from your word. God, there's something in us that just wants, um, that wants pleasure, that wants to resist pain, that wants to resist to, uh, um, punishment and consequences. And so, God, we choose to believe lies about what what sin will do for us, and we give in to temptation and we bite the hook. God, help us to see the hook for what it is. God, help us not to believe the lies. Help us to know what this will really do to us. And God, I pray for freedom in this group. I pray for each student in here, whatever it is for them. And God, some of us are maybe doing really, we're doing okay. And all of these things that I've mentioned tonight, we're not struggling with any of them. But God, some of us, we're wrapped up in it. Or something happened once upon a time a year ago, or six months ago, or, or four years ago. And God, we're still dealing with the ramifications of it. God, I pray that we would open and confess that to a trusted friend, or a trusted leader, or somebody, God, and that we might just seek accountability because we don't want to be deceived. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being the one true, uh, the one true, the person we all should be. But God, you are the perfect man. You live the sin, sinless life. And God, you're not just our example. You're our savior. And you took our penalty for us. And so God, we, we put our, our faith and our trust in you. And God, we have a whole new life to look forward to. We got an eternal life to look forward to. Life with you, life and interactive friendship with you forever. God, help us to desire that even when we don't. Lord, thanks for your grace in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.